The Start Your Own Business Podcast. Hear inspiring startup stories and get reliable expert advice on how to start your business and get off to the best possible start. Brought to you by Startup Donut, helping small businesses succeed. Hello, I'm Chloe Thomas, your host, and in this third series of the Start Your Own Business podcast, you can get free practical advice from experts and small business owners that can help you to set up a new business and get off to a great start, saving you time and money along the way. Welcome. In this episode, we're going on a startup journey. We are talking to a successful e-commerce business and new product brand about how they've gone about their startup journey. It's packed with tips and tricks to help you make your startup easier and more straightforward. We're talking about research steps, the people you're going to be working with, how to ask for help, community marketing, and a whole lot more. Now, before we meet our guest, do find out about the show sponsors, Dell Technologies, and how their technology solutions could help your business to become more productive, efficient, secure, and successful. This series of the Start Your Own Business podcast is brought to you by Startup Donut in association with Dell Technologies. Did you know you can get even more out of Startup Donut with new exclusive benefits from Dell Technologies? Dell has what you need to start, scale and succeed, including end-to-end tech solutions to boost productivity and maximize security so you can focus on innovation. The Startup Donut partnership with Dell means you get top products at special prices and a personalized consultation from a dedicated tech advisor who will get to know the goals of your business. Are you ready to get growing? Find out more by emailing our Dell Small Business Association's UK representative at sbauk at dell.com. That's sbauk at dell.com. It's now time to introduce our expert, Solenda Pendrus of the award-winning stationery brand, The Love Writing Company, which is based in the Black Country, West Midlands. It provides innovative writing pencils, erasable colour pencils and washable crayons developed specifically for children's hands and engaging handwriting practice books too. All of this is created to make it easier, quicker and more enjoyable for children to learn to write, which helps with the children's confidence too. Solenda started the Love Writing Company in 2019 with Mark Sherwood. Hello, Solenda. Hi, Chloe. Hello. It's brilliant to have you here with with such such an awesome product. But let's, let's go back in time a little. What were you doing before you decided to start working for yourself? Well, I was on a bit of a journey. I spent a lot of time wishing I was doing something different. I was working for an insurance company. I had a corporate role and it was a role that I felt that I never quite fit in, but I was a single mom. So very much so, you know, finance, time, everything was limited. So yeah, I was in a corporate career that I always felt that I shouldn't be 
I, sh- I did. I just belonged somewhere else, but it was very difficult being a single mom just because of all the restrictions. And when you started Love Writing Company in 2019, it wasn't actually your first startup. So, did you take some lessons or any lessons at all from the first experience that have helped you make Love Writing Company journey easier? Absolutely. One thing uh, when you're starting out in a new business or as an entrepreneur, it can be quite a lonely journey. So one of the key things that I took away was to surround yourself by experts. Ask. If you don't ask, you don't get. And also as well, for me, one of the biggest key take was be careful with who you actually set up a business with, because that in its own is probably one of the, it could make or break your company. So key takes for me was people are a must, patience, perseverance are the second things. People and perseverance (laughs) and patience. So, so crucial. But I love that your people side of it is both about going out there and asking for the help, which I think startups are so bad at doing. And there's so much advice available out there for free, but also find the right person to start a business with because it's people change when they become business partners, I've found. And and finding the right person to be in business with is, is really, really tricky. It's a very tricky thing indeed, because when you first meet people, there is sometimes a mask and you, but you very quickly do identify what's behind that person. So I would always say, if you're going to go into business, whether it's family or whether it's friends, be very careful of what you have agreed on, what you both want, because like you said, people change and what often happens is you start then resenting that person. So, you know, making sure you pick the right person to work with is very important. But also, you know, you've got, unless you try something as well, you're never going to know. And also it's, it doesn't mean people are being devious when they change. Often they think they want the same thing as you. And then six months, 12 months down the line, they realise, actually, you wanted to do X and they actually only really wanted to do Z or something. Exactly. That's what happens. And also as well, you find that your visions in the beginning are aligned, but then you haven't actually had that proper conversation. Like you just said, I wanted to do this, but you wanted to do this, but you, but then also distractions happen. Life happens. It's a commitment. Setting up a business is a commitment. You both have to have your visions aligned and you both have to have your key roles as well clearly defined. That's where things start to go wrong because you kind of separate. I will do this part of the business. I will do that part of the business. And then life gets in the way, something else happens, and suddenly you'll end up doing everything and you start resenting that partner that you went into business with. So yes, picking the right person, making sure your vision is aligned and also key tasks, key roles are very, very important. Yeah, and I would say don't be afraid to write it down in black and white. Absolutely. So there's no no confusing assumptions being made or something. No. Okay, so, so some really important lessons brought in from the first startup into into a love writing company. Let's let's go deep on love writing company then. Where did the idea come from? When my children were little, they absolutely hated writing, especially my son. The vision I have is of him sitting down there doing his homework, then throwing the pencil across the table saying, "My hand hurts." And I was, "Don't be so silly." 
everybody writes, all the kids use it, what's your problem? And then I started to to see, I started to watch him and realise he just absolutely struggled, had no control over the pencil. He wasn't enjoying the homework that was presented to him at school. He wasn't simply, he was finding the task simply too difficult. So I did actually take note of that and I thought, there must be something out there that makes learning to write easier for kids. Being a single mom, um, I didn't have the finances to go and buy really expensive products, to find resources. And my other thought was, I'll get some private tuition for him. It just wasn't simply affordable. Did some research on the market, nothing. There was nothing available at all. And when my daughter started to write, I found I was breaking pencils, I was buying chunky crayons, I was buying everything out there to try and help. So she probably had a better learning writing journey than my son because I'd learned watching him how he found it difficult. Yeah, it was a case of born from a need. It was born from a desire to actually help children. And then Mark, my business partner, he's um, dyslexic. He was always told that, get on with it. He was what he calls sent to special school. And he just simply said he struggled with writing and he found it a very difficult task. So when we came together, we both had that mutual desire and we both realized there was a real need to help children make an impact, do something that just made it easier for them. Why now in this day and age where we simply where you give a child, an ad, you know, you, you don't give them an adult-sized bike, you don't give them an adult-sized football, you don't even give them adult-sized cutlery when they're learning to eat their food. Why do we simply give them writing pencils and pens that don't fit their hand, that make it really hard? Well, and the ability to write is such a fundamental part of school as, and, you know, in life. So it, it just, if, you, if the kid isn't feeling confident with their writing, it's going to damage their performance everywhere, presumably. Absolutely. It's a known fact. If a child is confident in his writing, they academically get better results. And it's not just that. It's being about creative. It's about putting your thoughts on paper. It's about expressing yourself. If a child can write, they'll automatically read more as well. So it all goes like hand in hand. So we have just struggled to understand why this process has not been looked at before, why this process has not been delved into properly. So absolutely, learning to write is a key fundamental learning block of education. So you found the holy grail of anyone who wants to start a business. You found a problem that nobody was solving. How did you go about testing whether there was actually a market? Because there's always the question, well, is the reason no one solved this problem because actually there's no money in solving this problem? So what steps did you take to work out this was a good idea for a business? Absolutely. The first steps is, you know, you have an idea and then you have to identify your why. Why are you doing this? Because that's key because you will be doing whatever you're doing. You could be doing this for a very long time. So you've identified there's a problem. The next thing to do is identify why. Why Why are you doing this? It could be I want to make a difference. It could be to make an impact. It could be for financial reasons. All of those reasons are valid. So once you've got your why, then it's like the how. So how am I going to do this? So the first element of your business is research, key research. You must spend a lot of time researching. 
this idea you have and you have to look into the market. You have to look at how am I going to source suppliers? I've got to do my designs. I've got to think what the market size is. I've got to look at how I'm going to market. What's going to be your route to market? Is it going to be online? Is it going to be direct to distributors? So I would say you need to spend a long time researching before you even develop your first product. So that is where I would say that is where you start. And bringing a new product to market, as you've just kind of outlined, it's a tough way to start a new business. There's an awful lot of things you have to discover before an investment of time and effort and energy you need to put in before you're going to earn anything back at all. So how much time and investment did it take to get to not necessarily a position of profitability, but a position where you were really confident that the business you were going to be launching was going to see success? Well, proof of concept is what you need to be looking for. So, and obviously, like I just spoke about, first you do the research, then you do development, and then you do the test. So before you've even started, you've probably gone through a six-month journey of researching, developing your product, getting samples made, getting prototypes made. Then you have to go to focus groups, ask friends, family, go out there, ask people to do. We worked with some educational specialists to look at the design. We worked with experts who then went out and tested the products for us with groups of people. So before you've even sold one product, you've probably spent thousands of pounds and months and months of research as well. But that is fundamental because you could launch, you could spend 10,000 pounds, launch your product into the market and no one's interested because you haven't done the research. So the first element of setting up the business is critical, is the research and then getting the funding. So funding to power your business is absolutely key. And there is lots of startup help. There is lots of funding availability. If you've got an innovative idea as well, there's lots of free grants available to you as well. So it's key that you actually research not only your idea, but where am I going to access this money? Friends, family, grants, government, could it be bank? Could it be? So that's very much key as well. I love the fact you brought in the funding part of it there as well, because I think people don't research it. <laughs> it's just, oh, I'll put it on a credit card or something. But actually there are options out there if you, if you put that time in. That may seem to some of the listeners like an awful lot of pre-work to put in, pre-spending to put in before you, you go live as such. But it does mean when it comes to launch, you have the confidence, you, you have the knowledge to start well, doesn't it? Absolutely. And also with the new evolving world, e-commerce has come in. You no longer have to wait for retailers or distributors to for that for them to sort of prove your concept and then take months and years to list your product. E-commerce has changed everything. E-commerce enables you to test a product for a much, much lower cost as well, because you can now put anything onto a a Shopify platform, a, a, an e-commerce platform, and test it yourself with 
minimal cost. So, you know, it's about having that idea, doing all the research and then looking at, like I said, your, like, like I said, your path, then you can actually think, I only need X amount of funding to do that. You may be able to self-fund. You may be able to get a startup loan. You may be able to get, uh, there's so many grants available through various incentives and initiatives as well. Some people are willing to support your startup idea by investing in your company straight away from day one. And they'll say, I'll take 10% of your company, but I'll give you X amount for it as well. So there are many elements of being able to get that funding. But like I said, once you've decided what your route to market is, you can then sit down and decide, I actually only need X amount of money, and this is the route I'm going to go. And then you go and do it that way. But the e-commerce world has changed the way people launch products. I'm going to say, for example, Gymshark, they didn't have a single store when they launched. They did everything through exhibitions, through e-commerce, and they have built their brand working with people. Their culture is very strong. And they've only just opened a store now after 10 years. Yeah, it, it has been a game changer. So anyone who's thinking that research period is time consuming. Well, if you then were trying to get it out through distributors and you couldn't use the direct to consumer route that e-commerce gives you, you could double that quite easily before you start to see any success. You're in a much stronger position. Let's change tack a little bit now. Um, so, Lenda, you mentioned earlier about the importance of finding the right co-founder. And you also mentioned that Mark, your co-founder, had the same desire to fix the problem of children not enjoying learning to write. But for him, it was from the more the mental side than the physical side, I suppose. So has that been a brilliant combining of of desires I suppose combining of whys for you absolutely we both realized children not only had the physical issues of enjoying to write they actually also had a need to want to enjoy it more and build on their confidence uh, he just turned around and he had said he was made to feel very special as in like not in a good way and he didn't want children to experience that at all we want all children no matter what background from they're from no matter where they are in their learning journey we want them to think that like, this is you know this this is this product is there to help everybody these products are there to help not only uh, your physical writing journey your mental writing journey impact it as well bring Build your confidence up. So, yeah, we both had an vision aligned. Very two different reasons. Mine was like, my kids absolutely hated writing. His was his own. He's got two young children as well. And he said they were having the same struggles that he was. And then we quickly realized us as two parents had noticed this. Many of the parents would have noticed that this is a struggle. This is a problem. Nobody's really solving it. Nobody's really looking at it. You know, we of course, we had people saying, come on, kids have been writing for the last 200 years. What do you need to create? What, what, why do you need to create pencils that actually fit their hand? My argument is just because it's been done for 200 years doesn't mean that it's gonna that it's right. My argument is it doesn't mean that it doesn't need to evolve. Like, you know, <laughs> everyone can get to London on a horse and cart, but we use cars. <laughs> 
(laughs) (laughs) So true. And how have you gone about splitting the responsibilities of the business with Mark? Because you said earlier that was, you know, one of the key things people should get right. Have you got any tips for those listening on that? Yeah, it's to focus on your key strengths. It's to look at what you both do. So if you're going to have a business partner, they've got to bring something. If you're going to bring an investor in, they've got to bring something through the table. So Mark's uh, background was creative design and um, he was all about branding and marketing me I was all about the product I was all about the designer I was all I was all about the manufacturer I was all about getting the product made doing the logistics and also some I I had a a good a good idea about social media as well so we both found our 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 skills aligned we were both very different with a desire to do some good in this world and also of course at the end of the day we all want to have some uh, financial gain as well so we our skill sets matched in the sense that he was very creative he was into the design he knew very much about e-commerce so i felt that our individual key our key skills blended well together the kind of, if you're going to sit down and go, what key skill sets do I want in a co-founder of this business? If you were someone who was good at the marketing and the branding and that sort of thing, you'd be like, I need someone who can do the product. And if you were someone who needed, who knew how to go through the manufacturing process with the product, you're like, I need someone who can do the marketing and the branding. So it's almost like you're two sides of the same coin. I think sometimes people go into business with someone who's just like them and that's not, it's not ideal, is it? No, my philosophy is if you're going to work with people, Make, make sure that they probably an area that you're not that you're not maybe a bit so afraid with make sure they're better at it than you so if you're going mm-hmm. to go into business if you're going to work with someone employ that person who knows more than you employ that person who can help build what your what your ideas are but can probably deliver it better than you so yeah absolutely I think working with someone who's identical and has the same skill set is never going to work to be honest with you because you can do that yourself you don't need two of you doing exactly the same thing you need to fill some more gaps looking back at the launch of uh, love writing company is there anything you would have done differently given what you know now the joy of hindsight well we launched just before covid that little thing so tiny that tiny thing so our desire very much was to be a retail and trade we wanted to get into schools we wanted to get into the retailers well literally we launched um, the company proved the concept people were buying people were loving it getting great feedback and then schools closed retailers closed and we were like right now what do we do so we had to very very quickly change our strategy change and become an e-commerce focused company so i would say if there's one thing i would like to um differently is to have a backup plan in case things go (laughs) wrong i I mean nobody could predict like nobody could predict covid like that's for that's for sure i felt that i'd done all the research i could possibly have done into the brand i could have done oh you know we did we worked on a um strong like marketing strategy i would I, nobody could predict COVID, and I would say we we very quickly had to change our mindsets and think, okay, 
we, we had to open ourselves up to being this e-commerce company going straight out there to the market. We were just not prepared for all that dramatic change that was happening. And even now, sort of two years after like COVID, we still feel the effects and the world's changed a lot post-COVID as well. So the only thing I would change is perhaps like, you know, be a bit more aware of the issues that can arise. But how do we predict something like COVID? Well, you know, and I think any startup who before now had global pandemic shutting down everything as something they'd actually got into, they probably we would have turned around and gone, you don't need to worry about that. You're taking it too far. So I guess... I guess, it, you know, you've got to be ready to pivot. However solid you think your plans are, they have to change a bit. And given the pandemic has forced you to focus on the e-commerce and the online and the direct-to-parent side of things, do you think that's given you a stronger business in the end? Or is it now a relief to get back to the original sales distribution plan? I actually felt, um, like you said, we pivoted and we had to adapt. And suddenly what we found was people not only just wanted a product, they wanted a community. They wanted a go-to place. The way the world evolving now is people are looking at your product, seeing the benefits of it, but they're also looking at your culture. They're also looking at what your visions are. They're also looking at what you stand for as a company. So uh, what we had to do was basically uh, not only sort of like become a a very strong e-commerce brand, but we had to provide, we suddenly became a community. We were getting people constantly emailing, messaging us. Can you help us with this? Can you help us with that? Can you, what, what, what can we do for this? How do we, how do we do this? So yeah, we, we had to, what, what it enabled us to do was like really identify what a customer and a parent wants, really identify what a child wants. So COVID enabled us to focus on our community more. Yeah, which like you say, is so important to grow a D2C brand in this current time span. So one final question for you, Solanda. What key tip or tips would you offer to someone else who was thinking about starting their own business this year? I would turn around. Uh, the first thing I would say is, like I said, you know, make sure you've got your research absolutely nailed down. Make sure you are reaching out to your network, not only your own network, but there is a vast support out there as well so the way I found the the biggest things that I found for me like I said was people I reached out to everyone and I listened so I joined a couple of accelerator groups I joined some networking groups I went out there and networked as much as I could I connected I actually then you know, really worked with these people to listen and gain knowledge in what they'd, what they'd done. The biggest key is, you know, at the moment, if someone came to me and said, Slendra, I've got this business, this is what I want to do, I would be feel confident because the knowledge that I gained, I could probably help them, support them a bit more because they wouldn't have to make the mistakes that I made, which not only cost time and money, also as well, it can put you a little bit behind as well. So I would absolutely say is go out there, you know, follow your passion, follow your dream. Don't let, don't let, 
people put you down because that was one of the key things that I struggled with. It was like, oh, I've got this idea. This is what I want to do. And they were a bit like, really? Do you want to do that? Do you, do you not just want to get a job? Do you not think you're a bit too old to do this? Why do you want to do it now? Your kids are grown up, you know, go and go and do something else. So it is like get the right people in your circle. Secondly, it is absolutely, you know, make sure you have a wide network when it comes to like business. Join every possible group you can. Join programs. I in our in Birmingham we had a NatWest Accelerator group, which was a group of entrepreneurs working together. And I also did the Aston Growth Program. I cannot thank those two enough because I met like-minded people. I got coaches, I got mentoring, and it was all provided free. So I would definitely say go out there and reach out your like network. So Linda, so much good advice. Before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know how they can find you and your business on the web, please? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we have our own um, Shopify site, which is um, www.lovewritingco.com. You can connect with us on our social media. Just look at Love Writing Co. We offer so much help and support. Even if you're just looking for something to like get get your children having a bit of fun, we've got loads of free downloads. We offer digital stuff. We offer physical stuff. We also support. If you've got a little bit of a question that you want to ask us, jump onto our Facebook or Instagram pages. So you'll find us on uh, the website. You're, we're, we're on Amazon as well. And also there are some independent retailers that have us too. So just feel free to like have a look. Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us on this this podcast today, Selena. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure and I would very much I very much believe in giving back to the community as well. So anyone I can help them, you know, yeah, feel free. What an inspiring guest and such an interesting story there too. She gave us loads of great advice, but I'm going to drill my final three points down to the tip she gave, which I think apply to any startup, whether you're starting up something completely different from an e-commerce brand with a brand new product through to if you are, these three pieces of her advice count through it all. Ask for help. There is so much free help out there and Anyone who's been through the journey already really loves helping other people. So reach out, ask, look for those groups, as she mentioned. Secondly, find the right business partner, find the right employees. You can't do that with one meeting. It's going to take you a bit of time, but do spend the time finding them and setting both of you up for success by agreeing all those bits and pieces we talked about. And thirdly, do your research. Even if you're simply planning on becoming a local handyman, just do the research of how far would you need to drive to get enough work to be able to make it worthwhile for you. Your research may only take you half a day in that instance, but there's still research that's going to be valid for you. We covered a lot of ground, so to help you, you can find the summary notes for this episode and links to more free resources by visiting startupdonut.co.uk forward slash podcast. And don't forget, that's donut spelt D-O-N-U-T. This series exists to help you to complete key tasks and negotiate challenges when setting up and growing your new business. So next up, we'll be covering how to grow a small business. Things are up and running. 
You know what you're doing for your customers, but how do you grow? What do you need in place? What should you be prepared to have to deal with? How do you work out if it's even possible in your market? In the next episode, our guests will be explaining exactly how, so you're really going to want to listen to that one. And if you're enjoying the series and picking up valuable tips, please spread the word to others you know who are setting up a business or thinking about it. You can also sign up to the Donut Weekly newsletter at startupdonut.co.uk forward slash newsletter for even more free startup news, advice and special offers to help you save time and money. And thanks to Dell Technologies for making this whole series possible. And don't forget to email them for your free consultation. Details coming up in a moment. Did you know you can get even more out of Startup Donuts with new exclusive benefits from Dell Technologies? Dell has what you need to start, scale and succeed, including end-to-end tech solutions to boost productivity and maximize security so you can focus on innovation. Our partnership with Dell means you get top products at special prices and a personalized consultation from a dedicated tech advisor who will get to know the goals of your business. Are you ready to get growing? Find out more by emailing our Dell Small Business Association's UK representative at sbauk at dell.com. That's sbauk at dell.com.